Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. Just in time for Valentine's Day, we're showing some love to the men in our lives with the launch of our new men's line, Just Ingredients, Just for Men. Our collection of all-natural personal care products for men features aftershave, beard oil, age defender, body lotion, deodorant, and face serum. Carefully crafted using key ingredients, these high-quality products are now available. And to kick off the launch on Monday, February 5th, we're offering an exclusive 20% discount on February 5th and 6th on this new men's line. Treat the men in your life to the care they deserve with Just Ingredients, Just for Men. Shop now at justingredients.us on February 5th and 6th. Aubrey is a seeker of light, founder of Anya, inspirational speaker, and author of multiple published works, including her recent book called He Came For Me, found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. She is a wife and mama to four littles and two angel babies. After going through severe postpartum depression and anxiety, she knew there was something she needed to do to help others who felt the same. Since then, she has been able to create a community of tens of thousands of women and offer the tools to help with their mental health and find faith and hope in Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, our guest is actually someone who was a follower that I met at Pinner's. And we just started talking and she had a depression story that had a lot of similar parts to my story. And so we just connected and I told her at Pinners, one of these days we need to get you on the podcast and finally we've made it happen. And so super excited to talk to Aubrey about her story and things that she's dealt with. And so welcome to the show, Aubrey. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. Will you tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself and maybe your story and why you're passionate about teaching others about depression and mental health and feeling good and things like that? Yeah. I mean, I'll dive right in. I can talk about this all, <laughs> this all day. Dive right um, on in. A lot of people struggle with their mental health their whole lives. And I feel like my mental health story didn't start to happen until later on when I became a mom. You know, I went to years and years of school and got married and did, you know, the whole having kids thing. And what I do now has nothing to do with any schooling that I went to for college and has everything to do with the pain that I've gone through. And I've turned it into kind of this big passion of mine. And in fact, I was listening to your story, I think on episode 100 that you shared your story. And I was like, oh my goodness, our stories really are so similar. But I had just had my very first baby and I just remember taking him home and I was struggling with breastfeeding, which was a huge factor for me. And I felt like I couldn't take care of him. He was really colicky. I was like the best aunt babysitter. Like I thought I was going to be the best mom. And then I got thrown into that role and I was like, oh my goodness, who do I hand him off to? Like I'm not cut out for this. And I felt so insignificant. I couldn't breastfeed him. I had like infection after infection, mastitis. Like just, it was just one of those times where I was suffocating and I was drowning. I just remember, you know, going through that and being like, what? Like he'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be like, I'm his mom. I'd like, look around. There's no other one but me. Like, it's me. I'm the one that has to take care of this tiny little infant, which I knew, like I looked forward to being a mom my whole life. And I grew up, you know, raised from an incredible mother who put her kids first all the time. It was just like always us. And so I kind of jumped into motherhood in that mentality where I put myself last. Like, that's just 
my nature. Like I need to like make sure I'm almost like watching him every minute of the night to make sure he's breathing. You know, I kind of was obsessive about it, obsessive of taking care of this infant. And, you know, I knew about depression and anxiety. I had had a little bit throughout my life, but once I had hit postpartum, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I remember, you know, just waking up at night, just trying to process, you know, where am I? What am I doing? What, why am I here? I can't do this. And just negative thought after negative thought, just like, I went through that for, you know, a couple of weeks and I thought, okay, if I can just hang on till two weeks, like when the baby blues are gone, you know, I, I know that that's a thing, like I can make it. So I tried to get to the two week point, which when you're depressed, it just feels like a long time. One right. day feels like seven years. Like it just, it does. And it does feel like forever. And looking back, I'm like, oh, that was actually pretty quick. But then it just felt so long, like eternity. And I started to battle with some suicide ideation and which I'd love to talk more about because I think it's a way our bodies are created to protect ourselves and our babies. But at the time, it was the scariest thing to have those obsessive thoughts of ways to harm my baby, ways to harm myself. And I just remember feeling like the worst person in the world. I didn't realize that anyone else had felt this way. I thought I was a monster. I thought I was the only one who would think this way. And I would constantly like, have a thought come to my mind and then I would like sing a primary song like it would be like this war in my head of like well you could do this with the knives or I'm a child of God like I'm I'm like battling this back and forth in my head like I don't know how to function like it was obsessive and it was like all I wanted to do was take my life that was it I didn't see any value in what I could offer anybody and so it, at that point it was like I'm, the world is better off without me why am I even here I remember I hid the knives in the kitchen because I was scared of my own self. I was scared of what I could destroy. I was scared of, you know, where I was at mentally. And I didn't know that it was common. I didn't think I was normal. I thought I was a monster. I didn't want to tell my husband because I thought for sure he'd be like, okay, I married a psycho. I'm out, you know? And during that time, this one specific day, I was in the kitchen and I just remember at the time I had lost about 25 pounds in two weeks. So I just had stopped eating because that's what I could control. It was just like, I could control that. I'll just eat like three carrots for the day. I just lost weight really fast. And this one specific day, my baby was in his crib and my husband was at work. And I just like was eating my three carrots and my body was so depleted from the loss of weight, loss of everything mentally. Just, I just was drained physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything. And I just remember I blacked out. My plate fell to the ground. I woke up on the ground. I came to. And I remember thinking, this is how I go. Like, I think I could actually die from depression. I think this is how I go. And I was on the floor and that specific day, I get emotional. I tell this story all the time and I get emotional about it because it's so something in my heart that was such a turning point for me. I laid on the floor in like the most desperate, pathetic mess I could ever be. And I remember opening my eyes, like coming to, and the first face I see is a picture of Jesus Christ in my hallway. And it was one of those ones where his eyes are like just piercing, like just like so good, so full of love, so full of light. And I looked at it and I remember asking the picture, asking Christ, just being like, is this how I go? Like, am I supposed to go? When you're depressed, dying sounds better than living. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in that state, you feel like I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not worthy of a life. And I laid there and when I opened up my eyes and I saw Jesus Christ's eyes, it was one of those moments where I was like, no, you get back up. You have a mission to fulfill and I'm going to help you do it. And you're going to stand back up. You're going to get some help. So I did. I stood back up. I probably like crawled back up to my feet 
And I kept going. And I ended up going to a Christmas party at my husband's family and a cousin who was so loving. I love her still to this day. It's not like we talk every day, but she's one of those people that you just like love. And she just looks at me and she, and I was in my postpartum and I look at myself, I can see myself now in like third person of like this mom, just like trying to have her makeup on, trying to look all together and having the car seat. And she just looks at me and she goes, wait, but how are you really doing? Like, how are you really doing? And in that moment, I felt like I had just been crawling through a can of worms and she popped up the lid and was Mm -hmm. like, how are you there? How can I help you? And I could finally see this like light come on, light bulb come on where I'm like, okay, some I'm grasping for air, grasping for the air that she just opened up to me. And I just said, you know what? I am not okay. Like I have had weird thoughts. You know, I'm just not doing well. I have no idea what's going on. I just feel weird. I feel off. I am barely reaching a hundred pounds. I, it was just like one of those times it was just, I felt so relieved that someone would ask me how I'm doing. And in that time, she just suggested one step and it was to tell my husband. That was it. Just tell someone I trusted. Just talk to someone I loved. And so I did that drive home. I talked to him and I ended up calling my doctor. You know, I had the nurse instantly when I called her, she could tell that I was suicidal and she just like prescribed medication right there. I don't know if they do that still, but it just was one of those moments where I needed a flotation device. And for me, medication is such a flotation device, but there's so many tools that I wish we learned more of, which I love your podcast for, because that is what you're teaching and preaching and living because there's so many tools out there that you can use too, not just medication. Like you can use all these to work for you. And through that and through talking to my husband, I realized I wasn't a monster and all of this is not normal, but it's common and that there's help out there. And through that whole experience, I've had, you know, four, I've had four babies and two angel babies since, and I've been able to take it and help hundreds and thousands of people, like just by sharing my story and being like, yeah, me too. Like we need each other. We need to have each other. And that's when I started my business. That's when I started to write my book. I mean, it just, it's all encompassing of just helping each other to recognize that, you know, it's okay to take care of your mental health. And in fact, the world needs you too. Oh, there's so many things I could say to everything that you said. First of all, it's okay that you're emotional about the story. 17 years later, I'm still so emotional about my story every time I share it. It's just because it's raw. You know what I mean? It's just a part of who we were and what we now do because of it. And I love that, that you have taken a hard thing in your life and are trying to help others once you gained education on it. You have that empathy for others. And so I love that you're helping others. What else I wanted to say is, so mine wasn't postpartum, yours was postpartum, but I want to say to any mom that's listening out there, any future mom that is listening, we need to talk more about postpartum because if you think about what the body goes through giving birth, when you're done, you have just dropped your progesterone so low. Some people, it's like almost non-existent, but yet that's your calming hormone, you know? And so our hormones are completely out of whack. We're sleep deprived and sleep plays such a important part in detoxing and our nutrients and how we feel. And so we have no sleep and we've got all these new adjustments going on. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm surprised we don't all deal with postpartum after giving birth, to tell you the truth. I almost wish we would just say, hey, you're going to give birth and postpartum's going to happen. And so here are some great tools that you need to be aware of when the postpartum comes. But it may come in all severity of levels. For some, it might be a little and for some, a lot. But I wish we would just accept that as part of giving birth. It's part of the process. 
So with that, how do you help people with postpartum? What do you try to teach them? What advice do you try to give them? Yeah, no, I love that you brought this up because I've seen women have it in prepartum too. When you are pregnant, you can go through this. And postpartum is technically six years past giving birth. So it can show up a year after you've had a baby. It can show up years after having a baby. It can show up kind of anywhere in between. And I think that's where it's like, okay, which which part of your postpartum are you in? Are you in the newborn phase? Your top priority is working on your sleep. I would say focus on the things you can do. Like you can fuel your body with good foods. You can you know, work on getting your sleep. Yes, you're waking up to a newborn, but if you can focus in, okay, on the things that you're needing to fill your body with, it's kind of that cliche saying that's like, fill your cup before you can fill everyone else's. You truly have to to do that and fuel your body with what you can to help you to survive those times. And it shifts. It's all going through different seasons and we will continue to. But I think looking at where your season is at, if you just had a baby, focus on the basics, focus on the sleep. If you're kind of in the toddler phase and you have more time for yourself, you know, find a stillness practice, which I'm a big advocate for. You know, there's so many different tools out there like breath work, meditation, you know, supplement. I mean, there's just so many wonderful things we can do to fuel ourselves to help us. Um, in addition to, you know, I'm still an advocate for medication if you are drowning. Again, if you need that flotation device, you're suicidal, you know, obviously get that professional help that you're needing, but then allow other tools into your life that help you thrive. So help you, they, th- these tools help you swim. You get your flotation device, then implement all these tools to swim and to help you just to feel better. And so I would say, look at the season you're in and grab the things that you can do in that specific season that will help you. I love what you say about the medicine being a flotation device, because I think, because I talk a lot about healing your body. And so people get this perspective that I'm like anti-medicine and that is not true. One guest on this podcast described it like this. If you broke your leg, you would put a cast on, but you wouldn't leave that cast on for life. You would let it heal and do the things you needed to do to heal the bone. And then you would do slowly once it came off, you know, some physical therapy and some things to even help it get stronger and stronger. And that's the same with medication, right? If you need it for postpartum, if you need it for depression, for sure, take it to be a life-saving thing. I mean, you and I both took it to be a life-saving thing, but it doesn't mean you have to have it your entire life. Once you're on there, then find the help you can find to heal properly for how your body needs to heal. So I love that you say that. Yeah. And I think when I asked for help from the doctor, I thought it was going to be this life sentence medication I had to stay on forever, but you can get on and get, I mean, there's so many things out there now that you can just try all the things and then whatever clicks, like you don't have to do that forever. It's not a life sentence. You can try other things too. Right. Okay. So for those that are listening and maybe they haven't had a baby yet. And so they're wondering like, okay, what are the signs and symptoms that I should be looking for if I have postpartum? Cause sometimes people just think like, oh, I think this is how you're supposed to be after having a kid. So are there signs or symptoms that people could look for that would tell them they are dealing with postpartum or mental health issues? Yes. I think there's so many you can look at. One that's common that we don't talk about enough is rage. There's a difference between anger and rage. And if you're feeling this rage inside of your body, that's like a red flag that you're going through something mentally. Like you have this rage that's building up. It's because your nervous system is not regulated and you are ready to just boil over, right? Depression is so tricky because it's different for everybody. It's not just like down or that you're having a bad day. It's like you feel like you have a bad life it really does feel like great. It feels like you can't get out of bed. It's really hard to put even to shower. If your basic needs are hard to fulfill, just like ask yourself that. Like, am I having a hard time just taking a shower or brushing my teeth? Like, 
Am I having a hard time just having a conversation? Like think about the things that you normally would do or that normally bring you joy. If they're not bringing you joy, that's a big red flag that you're probably going through some of it. I love that. It's your basic needs because I didn't want to get ready. I didn't want to even like go fix meals for people or even fix crackers and cheese for people. Like that was too much. But something you said was important. You said that your life feels miserable. You will have bad days. Everybody will have bad days, but having a bad day doesn't mean you're depressed. Depression is having multiple bad days day after day after day. And that's when we need help. I think Mm -hmm. some people get so concerned, like, oh my gosh, I've had a bad day. I have depression. I've got to go do all these things. That's not the case. So I like that you gave those signs and symptoms. Like if you for multiple days don't want to fix a meal, if you don't want to get showered and brush your teeth or you have that rage, yes, Mm -hmm. then go see someone for sure. I would also add to like one of my babies, I had postpartum anxiety and that's really scary too. If you're having anxiety, your mind is going through something that feels like it's reality. So whether it's reality or not, your body is going through it as if it is. And so for me, like I had one of my babies who long story short, I had an Ella monitor on her. It went off. It scared me. She was like super in a deep sleep. So I couldn't wake her up, finally woke her up. And it triggered me into this like crazy anxiety to where all of a sudden I just felt anxious about everything. And I would think like someone was going to come into our house. You know, it was just this constant like fear in my mind. And I felt like my house was haunted. And like, that sounds so crazy. But like my, in my mind, I felt crazy. Like I felt that because anxiety will come in your brain. And when it comes, it feels like it's reality and your body thinks it's reality. So you're always in fight or flight. And I just think depression and anxiety get put together, but they feel very different. You treat them very much the same, which is probably why they're in the same category, but they feel very different. And to recognize both if you're feeling down or if you're feeling like overly anxious, like you're scared about every little thing, like pay attention to that too, because that's a trigger of, okay, let's see what we can do to help with that, which is a huge one is stillness that will help so much to implement. I wish, I wish so bad. I went to the doctor with my anxiety and he's like, I'm like, is there anything else I can do beside medication? Cause I didn't know. And he was like, have you tried stillness? And that has been a life-changing practice for me that I do every day now. Okay, let's actually talk about that because I never dealt with the anxiety part, like being afraid or nervous or concerned things were going to happen. That wasn't part of mine at all. And so it's something that I don't maybe um, relate to fully just because I hadn't experienced it. So when you say stillness, let's explain to people what that means. Does that mean being all by yourself for a while? Does that mean five minutes, an hour? What does this mean? When I first started meditation, I was like, okay, meditation is like, the people that like hold their hands up like this and they're like humming, right? Like I thought it was so weird. So I went home, he recommended the book, The Power of Stillness, which is so good. It just got my brain to be curious about it. I'm all about like rewiring your brain. And it's so cool when you start to learn a new concept. If you just get curious about something, it allows your brain to like be open more to what you can do. And it starts to rewire. Like I started to shift my thoughts and feelings about meditation. There's this one meditation that I do where if you're just barely getting started, that's so easy to do. If you have a baby that you're nursing at night, you can do it. If your kids are older, you can do whatever, but you literally just like sit still. You can place your hands on your heart. You think about that person that you love. And then you think about the love that you have in your home and your neighborhood and your city and your town and your state and your country. You like physically feel this love for everything that's around you to your world. 
And then you just breathe that love that you're like sending out to the world. And then you allow that in your brain from your world all the way back down to your state, your house, your home, your person in front of you to you. You allow that love back to yourself. Hmm. When I could pause and just sit in love instead of fight or flight all the time, I recognize that like there's so much healing in that. And for me, it's a spiritual practice. So I include God with it all the time. Every day I set an appointment with him. I make that appointment with him 1 p.m. every day. And whether it's five minutes or two hours, I could spend that whole time just with him. And what's crazy is, you know, I was a working mom. I had my own business. I have four kids, you know, running around like crazy. We're in the toddler stage. It's just wild. But that moment of stillness where I could spend with God was the most productive thing I could do all day. It's just crazy. So stillness was a huge factor in in healing my rushed mind and healing that anxiety that I had always felt. I was able to get off my medication because of meditation. It was beautiful. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. So, and we'll make it clear that just because meditation worked for you, everybody will have their own root causes as, as to what's causing their depression. And so if it's a lack of progesterone, you know, get that help. If it's a lack of B vitamins, get that help. If it's trauma, you know what I mean? And so meditation yes. worked for you. It's not just postpartum. There's a root, like you're saying, I'm so glad you brought that up because you do, you have to find what that root cause is because it is, it's causing depression doesn't just come from postpartum. It could come from all that you're talking about. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. So I love that meditation worked for you. And so for many, maybe that's what will work for them. So let's talk about this a little bit more. So if someone's busy with toddlers, like you said, can they do this just for two minutes or does it have to be a certain amount of time or can they do it just like in their car when they're driving on errands? What do you yeah, think? So what I just did with you where I, we sent that love to our world and then we brought it back. That takes what? 30 seconds. It can be 30 seconds. Wow. And you'll, you'll just, Feel it. You can feel even just like in our conversation, slowing down and pausing, talking about that. You know, you can feel it in your heart of that stillness and you can just receive it and just allow yourself to slow down, put away distractions, put away the loudness that's around you. You know, I have little kids. I have <laughs> I have three little girls that are running around like crazy. And sometimes I'll say, Okay, you guys play in this room. I'm gonna be in this room. Or I just say, You're welcome to come meditate with me. But it's a practice that I allow for I need it to function. I love that. It calms your nervous system. Like you said, that breathing is so good to help calm your nervous system. And sometimes depression and anxiety, especially due to a nervous system that isn't regulated. And so thank you for sharing that. So besides the mindfulness, the stillness, do you have other preventative measures that you tell women about that they can maybe do so that they don't experience mental health issues? Yeah. So the biggest thing in my programs that I've talked about is an acronym called MOMMY, M-O-M-M-Y. Easy to remember. I had a friend help me create this, but basically the M stands for meet with God every day, which is kind of what we talked about. The O stands for opportunity of growth. So meaning if you're having a bad day or something's happening to you, or you're going through something, instead of being the victim of it, or instead of feeling complaining about it, figure out a way to find it as an opportunity of growth. Meditation, Movement, moving your body, so beneficial for you and your brain. I go to the gym for my mental health, not for my physical. <laughs> I mean, for it all. But like, if I go for my mental health, I go because I need that. And then why stands for yourself, meaning finding that 
literally listening to your podcast, finding the things that they need for themselves, like magnesium, go soak in magnesium, you know, going for a walk every day, getting outside. Sunshine is a huge medicine for me. You know, find things that are for yourself that you need every day and have that, have M-O-M-M-Y become non-negotiable for you every single day. Oh, I love that. Love that acronym. Okay. Let's go over some of these things though. The O, the opportunity for growth. So basically if you have a hard challenge that day or a trial or a problem struggle, you're going to flip how you look at it and be grateful for it and grateful for what you learned and what it taught you. Is that what you're implying? Yes. Yeah. I think when we get in this victim mentality, we just, it's like a slippery slope because then everything that goes wrong is wrong. Like you can be depressed. I mean, your day just goes even worse if you just feel like it's all coming at you and you're the victim of it. But when you can feel like you're not, you're the conscious creator of your life, it allows you to stand up and show up differently. I had a friend who recently was 36 years old and passed away from cancer. Not one day did I ever hear her complain. Not Mm. one day did I ever, was she ever the victim of cancer? She lived more than anyone I've ever known because of the way that she looked at life, because of the way she took that as an opportunity of growth. And she took it head on. She was such a warrior through it. And that to me is finding that opportunity of growth. You can be dying and still find positive and life in it too. Wow. That's incredible. I love that. I have an example, but it's more a very much more simple example than that. But the other day, a lady was saying a bunch of people in her neighborhood were talking bad about her and gossiping about her. And she's like, I could have been victim to it and just been so mad and frustrated and hurt. And she's like, I just decided to look at it differently and be like, huh, I don't like being treated like that. So I'm not going to treat others that way. And I'm grateful that I had this opportunity to learn how to treat others better. And I was like, wow, that is so good. I'm like, could you imagine if we all did that? No kidding. I love that. That's perfect. Okay. So I love the O. And so then the next one was movement, right? Mm-hmm. Or meditation. Yeah. Meditation. Medi- yeah. And which so- we talked a little bit about. Okay. Yeah. And, then- and I think you go to meditation, just like sometimes you feel like you have this monkey mind and you're like, why am I sitting here? I'm wasting time. I have some meditations myself, but I love Sarah Blondin. I'm just going to give resources for people to look up because Sarah Blondin is so good at meditating. I don't like listening to my own voice. So I listen to hers and it's just so healing. It can be 10 minutes of your time where you're just listening to the meditation and it just helps you to restart every day. I tell my husband, I'm like, you get a lunch break. I have my meditation at 1 PM and it's like a restart. It's like having a lunch break and then coming back for your day. So take that time to spend. It's so, I promise you will get as much done, if not more in your productivity, if you can take that time to meditate and, and find that space. So with meditation, something I hear quite often is people say, I don't know how to do it. And so I asked a guest on the podcast, I said, I get told all the time, like, I don't know how to do it. And the guest was like, well, there's no exact way to do it. You get to choose. There's lots of opinions out there and a lot of options. And so she's like, if you've never done it in your entire life, just start with fives, meaning think about five things you love. Think about five things you're grateful for. Think about five things you like about yourself. Think about, you know, so it was like the power of five. And I was like, oh, that's actually a a great idea, you know? And so if you've never meditated, it doesn't have to be an exact way. There are lots of different forms and techniques and you can go 
you know, listen and research to all of those things. But today, after you're done listening to this, you could just do five of something in 30 seconds. And that would be a form of meditation. Yes, I say the more effortless, the better. There you go. The more you simple or even like your five senses, like even just that helps your mind to restart. And you can just think, okay, what do I hear right now? What do I smell? What do I see? What do I taste? And then go back to what's stressing you out. Like take a minute to just breathe. And I think when we can, you know, emotionally regulate our own selves, it helps trickle down to our kids and people around us. We all need it. I love that about the five senses. Again, that goes with the fives. So I love that. Okay, so let's go to the next M, movement. There's just so much science backing this up. That movement is so good for the neurotransmitters and for detoxing and your gut microbiome, all these things affecting depression and anxiety. And so I love that it works for you and that you love it. And it works for me and is a must for me to stay mentally healthy. And so any suggestions you want to give to the people that just hate going or can't find the time to go or don't want to move their body? What do you suggest? Yeah, I think movement is intimidating for people because they feel like they have to sign up for the gym or sign up for the next thing. Um, You can literally turn on some dance music and have a dance party in your kitchen and it'll change where your brain's at. You can literally sit here, even me and you sitting here, I can ask you to put your shoulders back, take a deep breath in or put a smile on and you're going to shift. Your energy is going to shift, right? So movement doesn't have to be this big, complex thing. I would say find something that feels like you can wrap your head around, like something that you can do that doesn't feel like it's this huge lofty goal. Like maybe that is just going out for a walk every single day. Walking is so good for your body. Maybe it's just like creating something that you can crave. Like sometimes in the morning, I don't want to have loud music and be lifting weights. Sometimes I want like a slow yoga practice in my living room. Like find something where you're like, okay, I can move my body. Even if it's stretching, I would say if you are depressed and you're stuck in your bed or you're sick and you have physical things, move your arms up and down, like do what you can do. Start there because you don't need to lose all this weight tomorrow. You don't need to, you know, jump on the next thing. I go to burn boot camp. I love it. It's the best thing I do for myself, but find what you want to do for you. If it's stretching today, just stretch. Find something that you can wrap your brain around that feels easy enough to do. Start there because once you get it going, then you want to keep going. And it's just that that first like nudge to push it. I love that. Love that advice. Find something you love so that you'll continue doing it. Okay. Yeah. So the why in mommy is you. So are we talking like self-care practices? Yes. I'm not talking like going to get your nails done or going to here. <laughs> I'm talking about the things that actually fuel you. So maybe that's taking your vitamins that day. Maybe for me, I love soaking in magnesium. I just, it's something that like helps my mental health. I sleep better. It just feels amazing. I love taking a bath. So like things like that, where it not only is re- maybe relaxing, but it fuels you. It's adding to your body to just help you to feel better from the inside out. It's not eating chocolate or, you know, like I think sometimes self-care gets blown into so many different directions in this. Why in this yourself, we're talking about the things that you talk about all the time and just fueling your body, doing those things to help you to, to feel good. Yeah. I think self-care gets confusing out there because there are people that are like, self-care is going on a trip and going on a vacation and going out to dinner and getting your nails done and getting a tan and all these things, which those could help you feel better. But I think we need to call it self-care on a daily basis. And the self-care on a daily basis is 
eating a better lunch or eating a better breakfast or having more protein, or like you said, taking the bath with magnesium or taking your supplements, right? It's those daily self-care things that we need to pay attention to. Yeah. And doing the things that last, like that just help you to keep lasting. (laughs) Exactly. Let's talk about another thing. You have formed or created Anya, right? Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that, what it is, why you started it, things like that. Yeah. So after my mental health issues with all of my babies, I was like, there's got to be something out there. And so I remember initially I was like, okay, I'm going to create a product where like a diaper bag, if they buy my diaper bag, I spent all this time designing this diaper bag. If they buy the diaper bag, then I will like give a profit to the hospitals to send with new moms. That was the initial goal with Anya. I was really excited about it. Then at the time I had taken all this time to design these bags and I had this gut punch to not order from my manufacturer. I had the final design. I had the sample. I had everything. And it was kind of like my father being like, nope, you're not ordering it right now. And I was like, why? I spent like a year doing this. And then March 2020 was like the next week. Oh, shoot. And I was so glad I was not selling diaper bags when everyone was like scouring for toilet paper. And I just remember thinking, okay, I had this product with a purpose behind it. Let's figure out a purpose and maybe products can be behind it if needed, but let's figure out the purpose instead. So that's what I did. I started a membership. I started just coaching. I started a program that's called the detox that I still do to help people detox their emotions and their mental health and kind of get this big restart to their whole nervous system and, and life. And I woke up one day and I had asked my husband, he lived in Hungary for a couple of years. And I said, what does mama mean in Hungarian? And he said, it's Anya. I was like, mm. that is the name. That's the name. So that's where I got it. And then I woke up one day and I thought Anya stands for a new you again. I think mm. we, we want to feel like a new us again. We become redefined. We go through this refining process. And I think Anya is becoming that new version of us. And even though it might look hard in the beginning, or for me, it was terrifying in the beginning and really hard, it's become this new version of myself where I've been able to stand back up to help other women through this, to write my book, to do, you know, like it's become this new version of myself. So whatever it is, whatever that looks like, that could be just as simple as loving your motherhood every day. It's just something I wanted to create. So it's just a community of women who there's classes in there right now. It's a fa- it's on a Facebook group or on Instagram. It's just a way to help support women who are in it. Oh, I love that so much. Okay, so it's an online mother's group for those that are dealing with depression and anxiety. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, and I'll be honest, you know, for a couple of years, it was a membership. And this last summer, I felt very pulled to make it free. And so it's a free thing people can join right now. And it's just, it's on our Facebook. You'll see some of the classes up at the top and you'll see different things that we have going on in there. But it's just, I just want to be able to help as many women as we can. What a great resource because some people that are dealing with postpartum or even depression, anxiety, whatever, sometimes they need connection. And so this is a great way for them to connect, to hear that others are dealing with the same things they are, that they're not crazy. They're not that monster like you talked about and that others can relate to them. So what a great resource for these women. Do you find in that group that there's one, something that most people deal with and two, something that helps them the most or not necessarily? It's all over the place. I mean, it's kind of what you're talking about where the root of it is so different for everybody. But I love that you brought up connection because I think 
that's one of the tools too with depression. And, and honestly, connection is like the opposite of depression because you feel connected to your baby or you feel connected to your life. And so when we get together on Marco Polo, it's this video app where you can see people's real raw emotions and you can see where they are needing it. And I think the biggest thing that's helping people is finding each other, doing the mommy acronym, you know, finding ways to fill their cup. I think oftentimes we do, we become depleted and we don't know how to even start. And so I think it's just finding those things that help us individually and and jumping into those and, and trusting that they'll work, trusting that they'll help you and continuing to look. I'm still looking for different ways that help. You know, I'm still taking different things that I feel really good. Like I take your protein every day, like even at night, it just helps me the next day. Like there's things that I've started to do even different than I have done years ago. And I think just having those each other and those resources to talk about it is so healing and helpful too. Well, thank you for the protein shout out. But yes, I think it's listening to your body and figuring out how you hear your body. And for you, it's needing the extra protein or whatever. And for others, it might be being able to relate with somebody. And so it is listening to your body. And what's key, what you said is it changes over time. So what you find now may in a couple of years be that you need something else to still feel mentally good. And so it's this continuous, you know, health journey of trying to feel good. Okay. So as we're wrapping up here, I'm going to ask you two different groups of women, but let's talk to those that have not had a baby or delivered a baby and might be nervous about postpartum, things like that. What advice would you give to them? I would say to just be aware of it. I think awareness is huge. I wish back then I could just be like, okay, this is common. And this is how I get help. This is who I reach out to. Talk to your doctor. Like if you become pregnant, talk to your doctor and say, I'm worried about this. And more than I'm sure 100% of the time, they will be in contact with you after making sure their nurses are calling you. We have honestly, back to even 10 years ago, the healthcare system was so different. And I've noticed that it's starting to shift. And I love that. But the biggest thing is to have that open communication with your spouse, with your family, I always say check in on your friends, like because I just posted a reel recently where depression can look really happy. Like we can look like someone can look really happy and they can be depressed. And so to check in on your friends, but it's two parts, right? Like we can check in on those people, but also as a person going through it, we can also ask for help. And I think it's both of our responsibility to do both, to check in on our people and ask for help when we need it. I love that. (laughs) I love that. And I loved your reel. I saw that reel. And it made me remember like, oh, you know what? Depressed people actually are very strong. They really are because they battle it day after day after day. And a lot of times they have to go out in public or do whatever and put that smile on their face and just be strong. And so that real, I was like, oh, that is a good reel because a lot of times it's that person you think is happy and doing great who inside is actually really suffering and they just hide Mm -hmm. it. And so- Yeah, that is a great reminder. Okay, so then my second group of people that I want you to give advice for is those that have just had a baby or, you know, a few months ago, whatever, and are maybe dealing with postpartum depression. What advice do you give them? First, obviously, like the things we've talked about, figure out the route, figure out, you know, have that communication with your doctor, have it with your spouse, you know, I always keep thinking open. But also, if you don't feel like you have a village or people you can rely on, create that. Everybody has the ability to create their own tribe, their own village, their own whatever it is. And maybe that's prepping before you have your baby to say, okay, 
here's my list of people. Let's like have a group chat. I need you to check on me every week for X, Y, and Z, you know, like have these kind of boundaries for yourself of like, okay, I'm worried about this. I want to be, and even if you've had your baby, you can still do this. You can still create a group text and say, Hey guys, I've been struggling with this. It takes a lot of humility, but you can still say, be open and own your communication and say, I've been struggling with this. This is how, you know, I could use some support. And oftentimes we need that. I have needed that almost after all of my babies and being able to be humble enough to ask for help is probably the hardest part, but creating that support for yourself, I think is the best thing we can do. Not just wait for people to help us, not just wait for the healthcare system to get better, but like put it into our own hands of being better physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, they all intertwine so much. So whatever it is you're putting in your body, even what you're putting in your mind as you're scrolling through, you know, maybe you need a break from that. Maybe, you know, treat your mental health as if it is your physical health, because it all is, it all is intertwined. And when we can, you know, find that help for ourselves and ask for it when we need it, I think we'd all be better off the opportunity of growth. We can all be our own hero in our lives and, and take that power back. I love that because I always say being healthy means being healthy mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and then you're healthy. So there's all these different aspects, like you said. And for those who are dealing with postpartum, possibly people always said like, find a tribe, you know, find a group that can help you. And I always tell people, I actually didn't have that. I tried to, and it just was, people were judgmental. They weren't nice about it. They weren't supportive. And so I always say people then find one person, if it's your spouse, or if it's a doctor or a nurse or one best friend, all you really need is one person, but find that one person that can help you. And so I love all of that advice you have given. Your story is amazing. I love what you teach and share to others. And you guys, if you're struggling with postpartum, get help. If you're dealing with depression, anxiety, call the doctor, call whoever you need to get help, but also find connections like her Anya group would be a great place for you guys. But like you also said, Aubrey, you've got to take matters into your own hands. Like there's no one else out there that's going to do it for you. You've got to take that into your own hands. So as we wrap up here, why don't you tell my listeners where they can follow you, where they can find you, your book, more about the Anya, where they can find that, things like that. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram mostly. I'm at Aubrey Grossen over there. And then I recently just published my book that will also help with mental health if you are struggling. So you can just search it on Amazon. It's He Came For Me and I'd love to connect. Tell me a little bit more about your book. Is it your story or what's in there? It's kind of this little passion project that I felt called to do years ago. And it's basically a bunch of different pieces of my story. And then I also gathered other women's story of Christ coming to them. A common theme between all the different stories and how, you know, to me, Christ comes to me on my sticky kitchen floor and he comes to me in my messy closet. And he comes to me when I am in my desperation and just need help or when I am passed out on my floor. And I think those things, finding him in our lives has been such probably the most healing tool that I've ever used out of all the things we've talked about. And so that's what the book is about. Oh, what a great book. As you probably know, I always end my podcast with asking my guests what they have found to be the best ingredient in life. What would you say it is? Carolyn, I was thinking about this because I'm like, you know what? There are so many wonderful ingredients to life, right? There I are know. many answers come to my mind. And I'm like, oh, I could say this. I could say this. Ultimately, for me, the best ingredient 
that I have discovered is including God in everything I do. I love diving into all this healing world. And I think a lot of times we miss who our ultimate healer is. And when we can include him on our health journeys, I believe that there's so much healing that can happen, so much peace to be had. I wish that we could include him more in our daily chats. And I'm grateful that you allowed me to share today bits and pieces of that from my heart, because I do, I believe that including him in our relationships and our homes is the best ingredient we could possibly add to our lives. Oh, I love that so much. Yes. If you believe in God or whatever it is that you believe in spiritually, that is why I say being healthy is being physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually healthy because there is that aspect of that spiritual health. And so same as you, I have found a lot of peace, a lot of healing, a lot of strength, a lot of grace through that source. And so thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for being vulnerable to share your story. It's hard to share your stories. So I know. So thank you for being vulnerable because I know in return that helps others. And so thank you for being that way on social media. And thank you for being here today to share your story. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus, get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.